Good morning, church. Habits. We all have them. And if you don't believe me, ask your spouse. This week, I was in the office on Tuesday, and I was, Logan and Abigail and I were having conversation, and I was trying to come up with kind of a list of habits to go through, thinking through some habits, and I came up to them, and I said, okay, Logan, Abigail, what are your habits? And they both gave me the blankest stares I've seen in a long time. They're like, we don't have habits. Then I asked them, what are Alex's habits? And they're both married to somebody named Alex, so that made for... You know, shorthand, it was great. And I said, what are Alex's habits? And they had long lists of habits at that point. We're people, we're creatures of habits. We are, you can't really deny it. This morning, I've seen some of your habits. I bet you didn't know I was watching you, but I was, and I saw your habits. Some of you, when you come in, may have noticed that we didn't have quite as much coffee as usual. And you walk right past me, to get to the coffee, and I saw it, and it's, it's fine, I don't, I don't need the greeting, that's, that's not me, but you need your coffee, and when you didn't get it, some of those habits came out. Some of you, uh, I hear from periodically after services are over, uh, especially when we've changed something in the service, when we change something in the service, people tend to notice I tend to notice that we had three songs before communion instead of two. It's little things, but we're people, we're creatures of habit. Some of you sit in your own spot every week. I want to play a game. This, this is a little bit of an insider game, so I apologize if you're new here. But for a lot of you, this is going to be kind of fun. I want you to point to the spot when I list a name, right? Think you can do this? All right. So I'm just going to randomly select an elder and his father-in-law who's also an elder. So the Ross Maynards, Rosses and Maynards. Good, you guys pay attention, that's, that's where they sit. Okay, now, now there's a, a large family that comes to our church, the medics, and the, yeah, yeah, right back there, yeah. Yeah, see, that's, that's where we sit. That's because we're people. We're creatures of habits. That's important to us. You have weekly habits. You put out your trash on Tuesday or whatever the appropriate day of the week is for your street. We do that every single week. And when we don't do that, it's a problem. Some of you have a certain day of the week that you deep clean your house, that you do all the laundry, that you do specific tasks that have to be done. When I was a kid, we had this Friday night ritual. It was our Friday night habit, where if we were good all week, and you know, I was seven, so if we were good all week, our parents would treat us to let us sleep on the couch bed. Yeah, I know, that was the treat. (laughs) And watch a movie. So we got to watch a movie sleeping on the couch bed, and we always called that couch bed night, and it became our habit. And so when I was a teenager and that was no longer going on, my habit was broken, and that was, that was hard. We are people of habits. You do the same thing every morning when you wake up. The first thing you do every morning is probably the same thing. I put on my house shoes first thing every single morning. It is what I do. 
Some of you reach for your glasses and you put your glasses on or you check your Facebook first thing in the morning. Some of you, you know, have to get up and go brush your teeth and, and we appreciate that. There are certain things that we do. I was talking to Abigail and she said her habit everything, every morning, first thing she does is cracks every joint in her body. <laughs> like, ah! Good for you. <laughs> That's, I don't suggest that. But we do the same thing going to sleep. We do the same thing every night to go to sleep. Sometimes you, you start laying on your back and then two minutes later you switch over to your side and that's where you're going to go to sleep. We have our habits. We are creatures of habit. And that's okay. Not all habits are bad. Habits are just part of who we are. As disciples of Jesus, we want for our lives to look like the life of Jesus. We want to pattern our life after his life. We want for people to see Jesus when they see us. And so our question for the next four weeks is this. What habits did Jesus have that we can utilize in our lives to be more like Jesus? That's what we want, right? That's, that's this image right here. It's one of our big claims about being disciples, about developing disciples, that we want to be transformed into the image of Jesus. And so this is one of the things we can do. So I invite you to open up your Bibles. If you brought a Bible this morning, open it up. If you're a note taker, this is where you would take good notes this morning. Open your Bibles up to Luke, the Gospel of Luke. As I was thinking about this idea of Jesus having habits, this was the first habit that stuck out to me. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus prays alone six times. So habit number one, the habit of the week, is that Jesus prayed alone. So the first place we're going to look is Luke chapter 5, verse 16. But Jesus would withdraw to deserted places and pray. That's good. It was something he would regularly do. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Once, when Je or now during those days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Once, when Jesus was praying alone with only his disciples near him, he asked them a question. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, his disciples spoke to him. Luke chapter 22, verse 41. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed. Habit number one, the first thing we need to recognize is that Jesus prayed alone. We see that he not only prayed, he prayed alone. And if we are looking to add a habit to our lives that will help each of us become more like Jesus, which is what we want, we want to be more like Jesus, we should begin by praying alone. Right? Yeah. Good. Yay. Yeah, I know. See, that, it's all I ask. Just a little bit of applause. No, it's, I appreciate it. 
Now, that's all well and good. We could leave it at that. We could say, okay, go pray alone. But I think there's a big question that we need to answer. Why did Jesus pray alone? Why did he do it? What did he get from this? What was the value of this? Why did Jesus pray alone? Here's my answer. I think Jesus prayed alone because he experienced something in prayer. I think Jesus prayed alone because he experienced something in prayer. I know, that's the deepest thought you've had all week. You're really impressed with that statement. But I think that's why Jesus prayed alone. And I think we, as disciples, need some alone time with God. I think that's something we should be doing. So before we unpack that idea too much, I I want to make an observation from my life that I think is actually helpful, that I I think would imagine uh, that this would apply to many of you as well. And it's simply this. There is a drastic difference between my alone time and my alone time with God. All right? Follow me where I'm going here. There are times where I get stressed. There are times where I'm just, I'm just burnt out a little bit. I'm, I'm just tired of work. I'm tired of, of the responsibilities of being a parent. I'm tired of a lot of things, and I just need a break. And when I get to that place, I have been known to ask Lindsay and Micah to leave the house. I know, that's, that's very hospitable of me, but I've been known to do that from time to time. The reason I do that is because I have some habits in my alone time that are probably not best for my five-year-old. I like to watch some television shows that are probably not perfect for Micah. I kind of enjoy shows that are not Mickey Mouse. Uh, I enjoy just a little bit of violence. I enjoy just a little bit more testosterone uh, than than Mickey Mouse provides. I've also had this habit for the last 20-something years of enjoying video games. Now, there are some video games that are perfectly fine for Micah to watch and be a part of. Those aren't the ones I enjoy. (laughs) They're not. And and the last thing Micah needs to see is something exploding. Uh, It's not helpful for him. And so there's a time when, in my alone time, when I will ask Lindsay, okay, I need you guys to leave the house so I can get rid of this aggression and then move on. And they do that. That is not even close to the same thing as alone time with God. It's not even close. Alone time is not inherently destructive or bad, but it is not at all the same thing as alone time with God. Something within me pulls me toward that that need for alone time, that need to, to watch those shows or play those games or do those things, but it's kind of repelled by the idea of withdrawing and praying alone. And and so there's a struggle within me. I know what I need. I know what I want. I want the alone time, but I need that alone time with God. And at the heart of that struggle within me has been a misunderstanding of what prayer really is. 
I often looked at prayer as me talking to God. That's been a lot of my experience, is just writing stuff down, is just saying stuff to God. God, here's what's on my mind. Hear me. But prayer, prayer is a two-way conversation. And I missed that. I missed that prayer is a conversation between a person and God, that God has something to say to me as well. I missed listening, which seems so simple. In prayer, in being alone with God, we are able to become better attuned to God. So a moment ago, I pointed out those six verses, and I I want us to go back to those, and I'm just going to summarize, but if you wrote them down, I think it, it would be helpful for you to just keep these things in mind. Those six verses show what happens when Jesus spends that time in prayer. In the first passage we looked at in Luke chapter five, Jesus is getting very famous, right? Jesus has people just flocking to him. They're coming from all around. They know that he has the ability to heal. They know that he's performing these miracles. They know that he is really impressive. And so people are coming from all over. They're swarming to him. They see him. They want to be with him. Do you think that was a temptation for him? Man. I tell you, if there's a Sunday morning where 500 people show up here, that's going to do something for my ego. It is. His response, however, was to leave the people and to go be alone with God, to find solitude. And he's able to stay the course for what he was actually sent to do, because he does that. In the second example we looked at, when when Jesus goes out on the mountain to pray, he spends the entire night in prayer. He prays all night, and the very next thing he does is he says, you are the 12 men who I choose to follow me. You are my apostles. You are my disciples. Jesus makes this consequential decision, this decision that's going to have impacts the rest of Scripture and for the rest of the world, for the rest of history, and he does it after spending the night in prayer. There's no accident there. In the third passage, Jesus is praying and his disciples nearby ask him, his disciples are nearby, and as he's, as he's in this moment of prayer, as he's coming out of this prayer, he asks them a question, who do the people say that I am? They answer him, and he says, but who do you say that I am? And he reveals that he is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God been praying. And then this happens. In the fourth passage, Jesus is taking Peter and James and John, just ten verses later, he's taking them up the side of a mountain, and he begins praying. And all of a sudden, while praying, he is transfigured, which means that he doesn't look the same as he did before. You can tell it's Jesus, but that's not the Jesus we were just talking to. And all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah are standing there, and God, from on high, speaks. 
There's this thing with prayer and God speaking there. In the fifth passage, Jesus is praying by himself. He's praying by himself. He has some disciples nearby. They're watching him and they say, hey, Jesus, we want you to teach us to pray. They recognize in what he is doing that there is something that they need. And in the sixth passage in Luke 22, it's what you noticed a moment ago. He, he withdraws a, throw, a stone's throw away after asking those disciples to just stay up and pray with him. He prays three times for a task, the task of dying on the cross to be taken away from him. But in the end, he submits to the will of God. And he endures the cross. It doesn't seem in these passages, when Jesus is praying, when Jesus is off alone praying, that he is just talking to God. Something else is going on. This is not a one-sided conversation between Jesus and some figure in the sky. This is a conversation between Jesus and his Father. And it seems to be showing that his encounters with God in prayer are changing him. There's something significant going on here. I believe that it was in prayer that Jesus was strengthened by God. When Jesus was becoming famous, when people had, people had to have been telling him, you know who you are, right? You, you're, you're the best prophet we've ever seen. You're, you're the greatest thing that's happened to our country ever. You're going to lead the people into this great uh, triumphal entry into the city. We're going to take this nation back. But in prayer, God was the one defining Jesus' identity and his value. He didn't get caught up in the people. There's a quote that I heard this week that I thought was just brilliant. It was that people have points of view. All of you have points of view. God has view. Let that sink in for a second. We all have points of view. God has view. God is telling Jesus who he is. And God is right. When Jesus was selecting those 12 men who would follow him, and later when he teaches them how to pray, who do you think he received that wisdom from? James teaches us that when we pray to God for wisdom, he gives it. Jesus receives wisdom and is able to teach his disciples. When Jesus identifies who he really is to his disciples, when he identifies that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, it is because God has revealed to him who he is. When Jesus is transfigured before his three closest friends, he's been praying and God acts in power in that moment. When Jesus is looking down the road at Calvary, when he is looking at this task that is before him, when he is begging God for another way, God gives him the power and the strength and the resolve to go forward and endure what is before him. God gives him the love to kiss Judas on the cheek and say, you are my friend. God gives him the grace to love Peter after he abandons him. That is no small thing. 
in all of these moments, we see this this incredible story of Jesus unfolding. And the habit that is before all of those things is Jesus is spending time in prayer. Alone. As disciples of Jesus. As that, that is our primary identity. As disciples of Jesus, we need to learn to pray alone. Just as Jesus did. For me, over the last few weeks, this has taken the form of a prayer journal that I've been doing. There are tons of resources available for you. We have a Wednesday night prayer group going on right now. We just finished a prayer class on Sunday morning. But this is something that we need to invest in. This is something you need. This is something we all need. If there's any way we can assist or help you, we're happy to do it. So if you have any questions, please Please come talk to us. But here's the simple challenge. Looking at Jesus, looking at this habit that he had for praying alone, the challenge this week is to carve out the time and do it. Some of you have this habit so good, I'm so impressed by you. I know not all of us do. Let's make this a habit this week. Let's develop the habit of praying alone going to offer a prayer, and then we will be dismissed this morning. God, we are in awe of your son, Jesus. God, we are, we are so blessed that you have called us to be his followers, his disciples. God, you 